0: The Barbary Bush and Eight Other Stories for Girls. The Barbary Bush. Part Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. The Barbary Bush and Eight Other Stories for Girls by Susan Coolidge. The Barbary Bush. Part Two. All that day and the next, she pondered this question. Every moment that could be spared from the care of her grandmother she spent going over the house and making entries in a little notebook which she carried in her pocket. By the second day her plan was digested, and she felt ready for her interview with Dr. Gregory. He came looking as much puzzled and troubled as ever. It was evident that no kind fairy had dropped any suggestion on his pillow. "'Well,' he said briefly, "'have you anything to say to me? "'I see by your face you have.' You look more like your Uncle James than ever. This last, as a parenthesis. Yes, I've been thinking hard ever since you were here, and I have come to a conclusion, but I am afraid you will think I am crazy when you hear what it is. I dare say I shall. Men of my age are apt to think girls of your age crazy. What's your conclusion? Out with it. It sounds rather wild but the only way I can see out of the difficulty is that I should put this house in order and try to get its custom back, so that it may support us.' "'Great Scott! That is a notion. Why, child, have you any sort of an idea what keeping such a house as this is like?' "'Not much, I admit. I shall have to find it out for myself as I go along. But you don't quite catch my idea, doctor.' "'I don't want to keep the house in the old way, as Grandpapa used to keep it, I mean. I want to make it something a little different. There's a great craze just now for old-fashioned things, as you perhaps know. This house exactly lends itself to such effects, and if I could do it over in a quaint style and make it attractive, I think people might come out from town to stay here in the off-seasons, late fall and early spring and mid-winter, people who need a change and don't want to go far.' It's real country here, for all it's so near the city, and it's very green and pretty, and the air is good. I seem to see just the set of people who would come if I once make it into a sort of fashion. You're much too young to attempt such a thing. But I shouldn't appear very often, you know. Hepsi would be the figurehead of the establishment. I can keep in the background and pull the wires. But when I did have to come forward, I'm not a bit afraid that I couldn't make myself respected. I can be pretty dignified when I choose, doctor. She drew herself up as she spoke, and a color flashed into her cheeks. "'I believe you,' said the old doctor, slowly. "'But all this would cost money, Barbie. Where is it to come from?' "'That is true, and it is one of the chief difficulties,' admitted Barbara, frankly. "'But there are those four bonds of mine. I propose to use a part of them, the whole if necessary.' My dear child, those are all you have in the world. It would be very unwise to put them in a risky venture like this. Remember, you are entirely inexperienced, and very likely to make a mess of the whole thing, and lose every cent you put in. Of course there is a risk, but I don't think I shall make a mess of it. And if the plan succeeds, and the house pays, the money is much better invested so than where it is. We can't possibly live on the interest. You said so yourself." the doctor was silent now went on barry with a pretty tone of persuasion i really know a good deal about housekeeping though you may not think it i have been at school so much that you may naturally suppose that i have never had time to learn such things but i always had a fancy for cooking and taking care of things and grandmamma used to let me help her and hepsy taught me a great deal when i was little then last summer when i was in europe with mrs usher oh dear grandpapa Think of his giving me such a treat, and he feeling so poor all the time. She stopped suddenly. Tears rushed to her eyes. Yes, I know, I know, said Dr. Gregory, patting her hand. You were the apple of his eye, always, Barry. He'd have done anything for you. I know all about it, child. Then there's all the more reason why I should do all I can for him now, for Grandmama, I mean, it's just the same thing went on barbara impetuously and i am glad he sent me to europe for besides that i love him better for being so kind it makes it all the easier now i think i must have a thrifty turn doctor like my great uncle james you know for all the while we were gone i was studying the way in which they manage hotels and pensions over there it interested me and i used to talk with the women at the bureau and ask questions and get recipes i only did it to amuse myself but i can see that it will be useful to me now to know about such things of course it's different over here and we couldn't copy exactly but you can't think how much more economical their ways are over there and how everything is turned to account but who is to look after your grandma while you and hepsy are carrying out this wild scheme of yours demanded dr gregory with an expiring effort at protest i thought of that and it seems to me that jane jordan is the proper person she's hepsey's sister you know and her husband died in the winter she used to live here before she was married and grandmamma liked her full as well as she did hepsey i think she'd very soon get used to having her about. and kitty jordan her daughter will be just what i shall want for a little table girl i could be training her while the alterations are going on you know hepsey thinks jane would come if she could bring kitty with her what alterations are you thinking of not a great many there are four partitions upstairs that ought to be knocked out you see we should never have a great many people here at once it isn't the sort of house for that and the few who come will want large rooms with plenty of space and light little cramped ones such as there are now would be no use at all see doctor here is a plan that i made yesterday taking away the partitions here and here and here pointing with her pencil will give me three big rooms on each side of the entry, each with a fireplace, besides the large one behind. Then there are two more in each wing, not so big, but fairly good, and four little ones at the back, which will answer for the men-servants and maids, the sort of people whom I want to have come to this house, will all drive out from town in their carriages and bring their maids. Bless my soul! And how do you propose to make these grandees drive out, "'By making the house so pleasant that they will want to come,' replied Barbara, with a brave look in her eyes. Then here's a ground-for a plan. I thought I should turn this room into a small private dining-room. There's sure to be some one who objects to dining in company. And in the right wing I shall have two small private parlours. Then I shall make a larger private sitting-room of the one that used to be grandmama's, and that leaves the big parlour and general dining-room for transients.' and where are you going to stow yourself away when all this is done? Oh, the housekeeper's room, in the left wing, would be mine, and I shall sleep in the small one opening from it. It is close to the kitchen, you see, and I should be on hand for emergencies. They are nice rooms, and I shall make them pretty. Trust me to look out for number one, with a smile. It was the first time the doctor had seen her smile since her return, and he welcomed it as a symptom. It was as though the hard work she had prepared for herself had braced and refreshed her spirit. "'I will think it over,' he called back as he drove away. "'Please think, yes,' she cried in return. "'I'm not sure, but she has hit on the only way out of the dilemma,' he reflected as he jogged along. What a capable creature she is, to be sure. Her great-uncle James over again, as I told her. Not one girl in a hundred would have thought of such a plan.' much less have felt capable of carrying it out. Poor child. She hasn't the least notion of what she's undertaking. That's the best of it. Folks don't know till they're well along in a job how bad it's going to be. If they did, they'd never try anything, I suppose. And then the world would come to a pretty pass. Well, with a groan, I suppose I shall have to let her see what she can make of it. IT'S A BAD BUSINESS, AND I FEEL AS THOUGH I WERE CONNIVING AT A CASE OF infanticide. BUT WHAT ELSE IS THERE TO DO? BARBARA HAD HER WAY. AS DR. GREGORY HAD SAID, WHAT ELSE WAS THERE TO DO? THE INEVITABLE IS AN UNANSWERABLE ARGUMENT, AND MATTERS WERE AT SUCH A DREARY DEADLOCK THAT ANY PATH OUT OF THE DILEMMA WAS ACCEPTABLE. SO HE GAVE CONSENT. TWO OF THE FOUR BONDS WERE SOLD, THE MONEY WAS DEPOSITED IN THE BANK, AND THE IMPROVEMENTS TO THE HOUSE WERE BEGUN. There was a stir of excitement at Quassett four corners when it became known that little Barbary Allen was fixing up the tavern and intended to run it for customers as her grandfather had done. People said it was foolish for a chit of a girl to undertake such job that Dr Gregory was a fool to permit it and that it was sure to end in a general smash-up and foreordained failure. One or two who perhaps had private views of their own as to the ultimate disposition of the property by vendue or otherwise prophesied even harsher things but all were interested and as the repairs went on quite a crowd six or eight were considered a crowd at quasset assembled daily at such odd moments as their extensive leisure left a command to watch the carpenters at work on the blinds and balustrades or the painters as they covered the dingy clapboards with a coat of smooth buttermilk yellow picked out with white a combination chosen by barbara because she had noticed it often on old colonial houses in northern new england the blind she ordered painted a deep green, because people who sleep late in the morning like their rooms dark, as she said. The trees were judiciously trimmed, the grass cut, and the drive rolled smooth and re The barns received the same care. Dr. Gregory protested against this as a useless expense, but Barbara persisted. "'It makes the place tidier,' she said. "'And besides, coolly, I shall want them in order when the stages come back.' The stages? Nonsense! You'll not get them back here, child. A thing that once flies off the handle like that never gets in shape again. But Barbara had the stables repaired and painted all the same. The reformation of the outside was easy enough. With the inside of the house, Barbara's real difficulties began. So much needed to be done, and there was so little money to do with for Barbara was resolved not to spend the whole of the little stock in reserve unless it were absolutely necessary. "'I must at least leave enough to bury Grandmamma and me decently if we starve to death during the experiment,' she said to herself, half quizzically and half bitterly. Before buying anything, she and Hepsy devoted several days to a thorough examination of the contents of the big garret. It was a place that rewarded search. Nothing, apparently, had ever been thrown away in the old inn— however useless in appearance it had been stored in the garret or the loft over the barn all manner of unexpected treasures turned up in the course of this clearing out the missing bureau handles the broken claw feet of the high chests of drawers fire-dogs of many patterns and sizes fire-boards almost as quaint in design the pulleys and weights of the tall eight-day clock for which a quarter of a century had been accumulating dust in the barn the chintz furnishings of the old four-posters warming-pans, fire-buckets, two spinning-wheels for a flax, and a larger one for wool—all manner of odds and ends. Barbara was handy at tools, as with many other things. She set up a private glue-pot of her own, and hammer and brads, a little chisel and saw, and went about mending chair-legs and settee-backs, screwing on knobs and replacing broken hinges in quite a workmanlike manner. Or, if the job was too difficult for her powers, one of the good-natured carpenters at work on the place would often lend a hand, and make things strong and safe for her to finish at her leisure. She could oil and varnish and rub as well as they, and put a smooth coat of paint over a floor, and she never forgot, as they were but too apt to do, to lock the door of the room afterwards, so that the floor might dry without any one's stepping on the fresh paint, which was a point in her favor. One great find she made in the garret which was a number of left-over rolls of the paper with which the hall had originally been hung a delightful old landscape paper with tall imposing trees and groups of shepherds and shepherdesses disporting themselves beneath and cockatoos and birds of paradise flying above in all shades of tea blue years before in a fit of misguided zeal mr allen had pasted this over with a paper supposed to be of superior modern elegance a green paper with red and gold lozenges which suggested caterpillars sprinkled at regular intervals over it ugly in itself it was still uglier as conflicting with the characteristic of the house when it was torn off and the halls upstairs and down rehung with the old-time landscapes the improvement was marvellous everything else seemed at once to fall into accord with it the twisted balustrades of the white painted staircase the tall clock restored to its place in the corner the wooden settees which Barbara brought in from the barn-loft, scraped, varnished, and set on either side of it, the row of leathern fire-buckets, each with its date, which she hung on the landing, and the big wool-wheel standing vis-à-vis to the clock. Barbara longed for some eastern rugs to lay on the brown-stained polished floors, but these she could not afford. In their stead she put squares of the heaviest rag carpets she could find, bound or fringed, and lightly tacked to their places these she could buy from her neighbors they made rag carpets still on some of the outlying farms near quasset and the general mix of colors and absence of pattern seemed to suit the effect which she wished to produce better than a modern kidderminster or brussels out of the garret which seemed to possess the useful quantities of that wondrous bag carried by the old mother of the swiss family robinson came two heavy coverlets needleworked and thick as carpet which did duty as portiers over the dining-room door and parlour doors. She also found a whole trunkful of dimity curtains and counterpanes edged with ball fringe, which were the very things for the bedrooms, and another of delightful patchwork counterpanes, upon whose squares of India cotton appear birds and flowers of subdued but brilliant hues. It was not till every corner was ransacked, and every scrap of old material turned to account, that Barbara began to buy— then she went to boston for two long days shopping with a firm determination in her heart that whatever she got should be pretty odd and a bargain or she would not buy at all a few years since such a quest would have been hopeless nowadays it is comparatively easy many modern stuffs have a flavor of the antique about them and the cheaper things are often as pretty in their ways as the dearer ones barbara had no difficulty in finding papers which suited her purpose at fifteen and twenty cents a roll good and unobtrusive in design and of refined colors soft tones of yellow and olive and blue there were curtain materials in plenty thick and thin which cost little and cheap chintzes resembling the old patch in effect to suit her antique chairs and sofas a little hunt in the bargain shops revealed stores of delightful tumblers and goblets knobbed or grooved in spiral circles which looked old enough to suit the days of king arthur and cost but ninepence apiece Pretty dishes, also equally inexpensive, brown glass which looked like cut glass, and deep-hued Japanese wares at the price of common white. A store of these did Barbara lay in, with a sense of wonderment at her own good fortune in finding them. It seems impossible that I can have got so much for so little, she said, counting over her money and looking at the long range of articles which she had just unpacked. See, Hepsey. These charming little blue pitchers only cost fifteen cents apiece, and the plates eighteen. And just look at my flower jars! I want always to have a great many old-fashioned flowers about the house, and those eleven vases, all different and all pretty, only cost me four dollars and a half. You and I must fly to work on the pincushions and the curtains now, and then we shall be ready to begin. End of part two.